0: I love it when you read
1: to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: I am Janice Leibovitz and you are my People of the Book. And my guest today is a successful entrepreneur, now turned author, at the age of 66. Never ever give up. Adam Kethro, welcome to the show.
1: Janice, thank you very much for having me on your show.
0: And obviously, we're going to be talking about your book, Pleasures of the Harbour, which is a novel, but am I right in saying that, in part, it's actually a semi-biographical novel?
1: Janice, yes. You know, I don't know if you ever read a book called The Power of One
0: Yes,
1: Bryce yes. I love that book. And I've always wanted to write a book since I was a, a teenager at school, and I, I decided to make my fortune first and then write afterwards. And uh I went into the shipping business. You know, in America, if you say you must son the shipping dog, he already gets a heart attack. So anyway, I went into the shipping <laughs> business in South Africa. I eventually retired. I started at 23, retired at the age of uh, 50 in 2005 and wrote the book about my experiences, uh, which were, you know, based in in the harbour, so to speak.
0: And your main character in the book, his name is Adam Askew. So, but I first want to go back and talk about the title of the book, Pleasures of the Harbour. And I have to say, it does sound vaguely pornographic, but...
1: (laughs) Not the first person to have said that, Janice.
0: Actually based on um, the title of an album by a singer by the name of Phil Ox. I don't know if... if Anyone's heard of him? He was a singer back in sixties and seven, early seventies, I think. But but you drew the title from one of his albums, which was actually one of his darkest and most depressing albums. Which I, I found I found that difficult to understand because the book was meant to be about ambition and corruption and and revenge and drive to succeed. So why did you take the title from that particular album?
1: Have you have you heard the album?
0: No, I haven't, but I did look it up.
1: It was a, it was a protest in America. Was Bob Dylan. Yes. They were singing anti-Vietnam war songs, and the, those were the protest songs of the time. I heard the album when I was a teenager, and I absolutely loved it. I loved just about every single song on my album. I started working in the shipping industry in Durban, and if you there was a place called Smugglers Inn, or you might, might know it was a place called Smugglers Inn, sort of a place of ill repute in Durban. And that's sort of the irony of Pleasures of the Harbour when actually starting a business and struggling. And I thought it would be a bit ironic to call it Pleasures of the Harbour.
0: Yes, because he he was a struggle singer. He, and and his, his life was a bit of a struggle, this Phil Ochs as well. And unfortunately, he did end up committing suicide, sadly. So... Isn't
1: that so sad? And so, so many great commit suicide. It's too yes. terrible. yes famous jewish famous jewish
0: yeah i was sad (laughs) very sad to read that but the book itself is about a, uh, a young man's drive to succeed and that is definitely what adam askew does and he he learns a lot of lessons along the way he there's a lot of ups and downs as as one has when one is in business and one strives to to succeed one learns a lot of lessons and and you win some and you lose some but we're going to talk a lot about the book during the show you are listening to people of the book i'm chatting to adam kethro i love it
1: this is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: You're listening to People of the Book. Is your shopping list longer and your time shorter? Disc Game Delivered has you covered. From healthcare essentials to baby food, beauty and toiletries. Whatever you need, Disc Game Delivered has you covered. Download the easy-to-use Disc Game app and shop over 7,000 products at in-store prices that will be delivered to you within 60 minutes. Now you can relax while Diskem delivers your essentials to you. It's that simple. Diskem delivered from Diskem to you. Diskem pharmacies, pharmacists who care. I'm Janice Leibovitz and today I'm chatting to Adam Kethro. We're talking about his book, Pleasures of the Harbour. So let's talk background. Um, You grew up in, in Valcom, Brackpan and Durban. You wrote matric twice, Adam. Not many people admit to that.
1: I didn't have a spectacular school. I, I, for matric, I got an E- and I went to Damlin and wrote it again. I got an E+. plus. <laughs> I'm an improving child.
0: <laughs> and then you went on to become a stoker in the railways before you went to the army, which is what was done back in the day. And then when you came out of the army you started your career in the shipping industry. And there's a lovely reference in the book that uh, I really liked. And it brought back memories for me as well, because there's mention in the book of sticking out your thumb and hopping on the first tractor that drives by. And, you know, you go, the the character, Adam was... uh, going to potch. And I remember back in the day, you know, you'd see these army guys going home for the weekend and they would hitch everywhere. And I remember my own father, they were the only hitchhikers he would pick up were the guys from the army who we knew were going home for the weekend. And that brought back a lot of memories. You know, you'd see these, these army guys and they were hitching rides to go home for the weekend. And the book does take place back back in the day, you know, it's 70s and 80s. South Africa so there are a lot of memories here and I think that you know I always say there's a lot of anti-South African authors anti-South African books there's a lot of feeling against reading local books but I love reading them because there's so much familiarity and this was something that I absolutely loved I love the the reference to the hitchhiking army guys talk to me about going back to that time and writing about it
1: one from 7 to 17 uh, where as you mentioned earlier really, I grew up uh, in Valcom and Brackpan. In Brackpan, I went to Gede why did I go to Gede? It was the only show in town you know nothing else to do with the, the Jewish boys went to Gede so I went to Gede with them and eating kechel and herring uh, which was a strange sort of life to have and then the uh, second barber which is 17 to 50 which has got uh, what we used to call in the old days a lot more skopskitten uh, doner which I think will be a little bit more easier to uh, uh, to read, uh, because it's a mixture of biography, business manual, uh, and a novel. It's all three combined together. I, I'll publish the middle one first, and hopefully, uh, and it seems to be doing extremely well, we'll then publish the next two after that, uh, Janice.
0: So have you started writing those other two?
1: I finished the first one, and the second one needs to be fleshed out.
0: So this this is kind of like the Star Wars trilogy where they wrote the the I, I can't remember if they wrote did they write the last ones first? They brought out the uh, I lost track eventually. So you wrote the middle one first, the first one's gonna be next, or will the last one be next, and then the first one will be last?
1: About that, Janet.
0: In the book, Adam himself, Adam Askew, he okay. starts off his shipping industry career after leaving the army. He's 23 or possibly slightly younger, because when he's 23, he leaves the business where he's actually a shipping clerk, and he decides he's going to go into business for himself. And of course, everyone thinks he's a bit mad. You know, all he's done is sat at a desk and filled in a few forms. What does he know about business? And, you know, I think, contrary remember whether I saw it in a, an interview that you did, or something that you were asked, and you very rightly said, if you're going to start your own business and in the entrepreneurial world, and you would know because you've been successful in in that environment, that's when you start out. Start out when you're young, when you don't have anything tying you down, and, you know, you learn as you go. And this is what Adam Askew does. He has a very supportive girlfriend. I don't want to give too much away, but (laughs) off he goes... (laughs) And his dad, well, I wouldn't say he was all that supportive. He writes him a small check and he says, right, go go and see if you can get financial support. Go, Go and get backers. And he sends out loads and loads of letters. And how would that work today? You
1: know, Janice, I guess today there's more of an appetite for venture capitalism. In those days, I mean, you must remember, we're now talking about the, the late 70s. Yeah. Uh, Durban was dominated by uh, the Durban Club. Durban Club never allowed Jews, never allowed women, never allowed people of color. It was a close shop. It was very difficult for young people to start a business. I think today, if you've got a great idea and a great prospectus, you might get some venture capital. In those days, it wasn't a big thing.
0: Yeah. And he gets, so he gets his, his capital. And I loved your referral to this triumvirate of, of businessmen who <laughs> really had it in for him. And yeah, I, I loved all these these references and you give them all sorts of names. They were the gruesome threesome. They were the three stooges. I mean, it's, they, you know, you, you mentioned that they're constantly nipping at your ankles. Well at, at Adam Askew's ankles, let's not say they're yours. But as the back of the book describes, this character he's fed up with the clicky setup in Durban. Was it really like that?
1: Very much so. And the gruesome threesome, as you call them, are a bunch of grobniks anyway. Can't say a nice thing about them. Um, but the book is in part reality. So I'm not going to tell you which is the truth. Yeah. Which is the-
0: <laughs> it's always fun to try and and kind of pick out what you think was true. And you. you it's so nice. And there's a particular author who does this. Um, and I'm sure you've heard of a Tara Jenkins read. It's great reading her books because you try and extract who she's basing these characters on, what events she's based everything on. And your writing is similar because we get the opportunity to try and extract who you've based these individuals on. And if one goes back and starts to reference it, I suppose, would we find people who you've based these individuals on?
1: I suppose you might, uh, James.
0: <laughs> Not sure i dare do that. So so uh, Adam Askew heads off, he's fed up with this, this these cliques in Durban, and he heads off to, to 80s Joburg. So I'm telling you, if... Anyone reads this book and has memories of of these times and and back in the day, he's whining and dining at the top of the Colton. I mean, I remember the three ships. This is where my dad used to have business. My late dad used to have business meetings there. I remember him talking about it. I remember my parents getting dressed up. And back then you got dressed up to go to dinner in a smart restaurant. And you describe this so beautifully in the book. And you, yeah, I mean, this is where he has, he launches his uh, his new business with his business partner and his girlfriend by his side, it will now his wife. And there's a lot of reference in the book to food. Is that intentional?
1: <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I learned that a trader. Uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 I certainly love food uh, and uh, enjoy eating it. Um, you know, top of the Colton. Was, was the sort of top uh, uh, cabaret place of the day. There was Annabelle, Linda, yes. there, uh, and then the Three Ships was a, fa- was a famous restaurant, and the El Gaucho, too, was another restaurant yeah. at uh, the Colton Centre. I mean, it was considered sort of exotic, the El Gaucho.
0: Yeah, you referenced but especially steak.
1: I've always enjoyed steak. In fact, later on in my life, I became a cattle farmer and raised uh, and sold meat uh, throughout South Africa and won awards for the beef, so I like steak.
0: So is is this why you've introduced this this into the book? Because it's definitely a a strain that runs through quite clearly what I picked up on it.
1: Okay, okay. If it was it was I didn't do it on purpose.
0: <laughs> it's quite nice though, because one likes to see what the characters are eating, what was you know, I, I always like to to see that so we're going to chat a lot more there's there's a lot more to extract here and i want to pick up on a couple of of other very interesting points that come out during this book i'm not going to start saying um did that happen did they happen you know listeners readers audiences need to pick up on that for themselves and obviously we want them to buy the book and we're going to talk later about where it's available but until then, you're listening to People of the Book. I'm talking to Adam Kethro. I love it
1: when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: This is Janice Liebewitz, and my guest today is Adam Kethro. We're talking about his book, Pleasures of the Harbor. Now, Adam, in the book, there's a lot of reference to all this wheeling and dealing that happens in the shipping industry and a particular character who is really out to get our Adam Askew. The methods for all this wheeling and dealing, I'm assuming would have changed today. I mean, I'm not being naive enough to say it doesn't happen or didn't happen. It wouldn't happen. It's probably picked up a few notches by now. The method's used for this, I mean, would be quite different, I'd imagine, with technology and everything that, that's come into play now.
1: Janice, uh, let me tell you what's different. I mean, in those days, uh, as it's in the book, I, I flew into Byra in the very early stages for a friend of mine called Alvin Pollock and the south bank of the Pungui River, which is the harbour uh, where the harbour of Byra is, is. There were signs across the road saying, Rosista do Africa do Sul. And I, I don't you know, speak Portuguese, but I realized that was me uh, sitting in this uh, old 504. The company that I started uh, in 1980, when I retired in 2005, today has 2,700 uh, uh, employees. It's, I think, the biggest or second biggest uh, shipping company in Africa, in Africa today. Wow. And I paid a visit there three, three years ago, and they've got a room with an ex-colonel of the police or somebody, and and, and then uh, bugs or whatever it is, a trucks going all over Zambia, the Congo, so they know where these trucks are, if they're going to be hijacked. In, in my day, if a truck was hijacked or so, you found out uh, when the driver got back. Now they've got the things they can tell where everything is through technology. They've got the sort of screen room, if you know me they yes. watching everything on CCTV, and they can track the trucks as they move up and down. So it is, it's is—it's much more sophisticated. And to be fair, when I left, there were 700 employees. Today, 2,700. All I can claim credit is that I taught the guys well, but they're doing a much better job than me.
0: <laughs> I don't know if necessarily they're doing a better job. I think things just evolve over yeah. time. And as things advance, they just... Improve, and that's just nature taking its course, or technology no, no, no. technology taking its course.
1: Some things advanced, and some things, in those days, we, we used the South African railways, and uh, it was very efficient. Today, it's uh, non-existent. Well, it's existent, but uh, in a very cramped form. Yeah, uh, you know. So, so some things have advanced, and some things have gone backwards.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to see what, what works now, what doesn't work now that worked so well back then. And it's it's actually sad to see how how the deterioration has set in. Tell me so, about the Zimbabwean prison.
1: Say again, uh, Janice?
0: Tell me about the Zimbabwean prison.
1: Dennis, uh, the Chikarubi is are in prison. That's all yes. I'm prepared to say on the subject.
0: So, yeah, the description in the book is is quite horrific. And you, my listener, will have to buy the book to understand what we are talking about and why we are talking about it. And obviously, the book we're talking about is Adam Kethro's book, Pleasures of the Harbor. And if you want to know what Chikarubi is, and the book is available at all good bookstores and online, right?
1: You can get it from exclusive book. You can get it from Take-A-Lot, Amazon, Loot, Janice. Uh, you talk about Chikarubi Prison, the, my, my, my cellmate in the book in Chikarubi Prison. Uh, you know, I find fascinating about, about the indigenous names of Zimbabwe. His name was Mr. Matikati. And there are lots of Mr. Matik- Matikati's in Zimbabwe and Love Lovemores and Pretty and very interesting names in Zimbabwe for people.
0: Yeah, and you actually use that name in the book, so.
1: Yes, Mr. Uh, Matikati.
0: Mr. Matikati. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, dare I ask whether things have improved in that prison now? Do you know?
1: I can only think that it's worse, Wow. From my day. Yeah, I would think. Uh, wow, I mean. there yeah, have been subsequently some guys who've been in prison who've written about it and said it was terrible.
0: It's hard to believe that it could actually get worse than the description in <laughs> the book. So, wow, that would be quite frightening to imagine. You're a successful business magnate. Any thoughts of going back into business or are you done with all that?
1: I'm involved in a a finance business, a bridging finance business and a salvage business. And and I run my own portfolio of investments. If I wanted to write and, and publish books. And uh, I would think that's my main target now. I have enough to keep me busy for half a day every day. Uh, I want to enjoy my retirement, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I think you you've worked hard enough. But you said that you went back to your shipping business, which is bridge shipping, and you did go back three years ago, just you know, just to, what, to, just to visit. I mean, that that was your baby, really.
1: You know, uh, it's now called See Steinweg Bridge because they've got Dutch partners. But I'll tell you the funniest part. And You talk about Johannesburg. I had to find, you know, I, I live. I worked in, in, in Marshall Street. I worked in Bramfontein. And then I, I created an inland port uh, in City Deep, near where the old Abattoir used to be. Yes. And uh, I was one of the first guys to, to build and develop there. And when I went back, Back three years later, I was surprised to see how well my idea had caught on and how many of our competitors or bridge-shipping happened. Only to find out they weren't competitors. They were all bridge-shipping. I was completely taken back. As I I say, I retired in 2005, and three years ago was 2019, and the area is completely built up with huge warehouses, all part of that group now. I was completely blown away. I mean, it was beyond any conception that I ever
0: had. That's incredible. That must have been an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah, you know it's, it's humbling, James, to see you know as I've said to you already, they've done far better than I ever did. Uh, but the fact that you were an enabler in some sense was fantastic. When I say enabler in some sense, when I, when I retired, there were seven hundred staff there, and I left behind forty-five millionaires who, you know, I had a share incentive trust for the staff to 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 have shares in the company. And they helped me, and I helped them. You know, so it was it was a two way street.
0: I think it's incredible. It's something that you started, and look how how it's grown. It's really something incredible. It's like from a small seed, it's a, it's a massive oak tree. That's yeah. that's what the the comparison that immediately comes to mind. So, I um, yeah. I think it's. I mean, uh, kudos to you, really. It's it's an incredible achievement because very very few, I think, today or. Very few entrepreneurs that are starting out today. You know, starting out in business is—I mean, you could you can vouch for the fact that about how tough it is. It's incredibly tough. And I mean, your business international. I mean, you you were dealing with with people who really did not want you to succeed.
1: In the seventies and eighties, was a closed shop. There were about five major corporations, uh, largely uh, mining based, but there was Old Mutual, and they owned all the companies in South Africa. You know, today these companies are separately listed. You take a company like Mondi, Mondi was owned by Anglo-American. You wanted to ship uh, Mondi's cargo, you had to be part of the Anglo-American stable. So it was a very closed business in the days.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we all we all talk about, oh, there's there's space for everyone at the table. But when you really think about it, I don't think that people want you sitting next to them at the table. They want as much space for themselves at the table. They don't want to share whatever there is that's being dished out.
1: Janice do health help monopolies. Sanctions were a very difficult thing for South Africa. But, you know, in 1994, before 1994, before the, 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 the dawn of democracy here, uh, the country opened up and people took away sanctions. Suddenly, a lot of businesses that uh, were doing very well were sold because their, their grip on the market was gone because you could source anything wanted from anywhere in the world before that you couldn't
0: it's really difficult um, i think so what would your advice be to someone who is starting out in business uh,
1: anybody who starts a business when they're 35 made mortgage HP on a car and school fees they're the really i started when i was 23 when you're 23 if you screw up and go home again you know uh so uh, I, I say start young and I, I i couldn't actually go and watch thought provoking movies or read thought provoking books i just had to focus I had to have tunnel vision put my head down and go for it and you know if you, if you start questioning and looking around too much you you can get frightened you just got to put your head down and decide what you're going to do and go for it
0: yeah as you said that's the one thing you have to do and when it comes to capital Capital is
1: the hardest thing to, to, to starting a business. You've got to have capital. I mean, I, I, when I retired, I moved down to KZN, to the Midlands. And there were so many guys there that had businesses without capital. So you'd say, give me a quote, I give you a quote. And you have to pay them in advance before they do the job because they couldn't buy the spares. Uh, you can't run a business like that. And those businesses don't work. So you, you have to raise capital and you have to go to venture capitalists to get the money. Uh, I tried all over the place to find money. Eventually, I found some money. and. Uh, then the guy went to Machula. the end of I had to find other money. But once you've got a business that's going for two or three years, you've got a bit of a track record and it's easier to raise money.
0: There you have it. If you are thinking of starting a business, there's your advice from someone who has done it himself, who has started from scratch and built up an incredible business that is still thriving, even though he is not running it anymore. But he built it up into something absolutely incredible that is the biggest logistics company in southern africa today that is from the mouth of adam kethro who has done that who is now retired and is an author so think of that you can start from scratch and then you can retire and become an author so adam we can look forward to two more books from you is that yes. what you're telling us so the, the this is the middle book yes the third book will come out next the first book will come out last
1: yeah, well, we'll have to leave that to the publisher to decide uh, what comes first. Somehow, Janice, this book, you know, as a first-time author, it's quite difficult, but this book is selling like hotcakes. And, and I don't quite know why. I think maybe because people like you, it brings up memories of your father picking up hitchhikers in army uniforms. And maybe to uh, younger people, it's interesting to sort of look back in history. It's a bit of a history book, in a sense. Now, I'm 66 years old, uh, there's a lot of stuff that young people don't know about. So for some reason, this book caught the imagination of, of, of the public and it's, it's selling, I mean, it's on its way to becoming a bestseller. It's not yet, work, but uh, uh, it certainly grabbed everybody's imagination. You say it's titled Pleasures of the Harbour, but now you know where it comes from.
0: Now I know where it comes from, but maybe um that is part of the attraction that... Uh... The shipping Karma Sutra. <laughs> Possibly. No offence. But, but, you know, maybe people pick it up. Although, I mean, the picture on the cover is of a truck and, you know, there's absolutely nothing suggestive about the cover. So, you know, it's quite incongruous, the cover and the title are (laughs) completely Incongruous, uh, but still. But once you read the description, I think that's what what will grab people's attention. That it's part adventure, part action, lots of wheeling and dealing, and uh, I think actually it would make for a pretty good movie.
1: Dennis, from your lips to God's ears.
0: So has that crossed your mind? Have you thought of writing a script? Has, have you been approached?
1: Unless it's for me to think of that you know the book has only been launched for three weeks let's 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 we were okay. Our, from exclusive book showing it was number six on their bestseller list uh, where it is now i don't know let's let's wait a few months and let's you know make sure before we think you think of anything like a movie
0: okay but i'm just putting it out there so
1: you know. is, as i said from your lips to god's ears
0: okay you are listening to People of the Book, and I am chatting today to Adam Kethro. I love it when you
1: read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: I'm Janice Liebewitz. This is People of the Book. My guest today has been Adam Kethro. We've been talking about his book, Pleasures of the Harbor. We've also been talking about business, entrepreneurship, and Everything about how to start your own business, how to get ahead in business, and how to launch your business, do well so that you can retire and become an author, as Adam has done. Because this book is something he's written and published at the age of 66. So, Adam, advice on becoming an author at the age of 66, even if you haven't become a successful businessman. What's your advice on that? Just write and write about what you know.
1: But I was more adept at writing memos in bullet point form than writing a book. So I certainly had the content, but I got hold of a company called All About Writing, and they guided me on how to craft the novel. I certainly didn't know how to do it myself.
0: So you are definitely of the opinion that if you want to write a novel, you need to get the assistance you need. A lot of people think they can just sit down and write. I know a lot of people who go to writing courses who get writing guides and things like that. Other people don't think they need that, but you think that is a necessity. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. I contacted a friend of mine who was in the publishing business beforehand and I said, uh, the skillet third book. And I said, you know, I wanted his opinion or what he thought of it. And he said, I thought I said I, he said, I think you need to go on a writing course. <laughs> I still think that the skeleton that I wrote of the third book is the most interesting. Is sort of a I, mean, I think I'm going to call the book "The Green Drought," but uh, that's another story. When I went farming and uh, failed as a farmer, but that's a different story.
0: Ah, oh, that's uh, that reminds me of um, oh, what's his name? The guy from Top Gear. He's also he also wrote a book about <laughs> about uh, being a farmer, and it's an absolute disaster it's
1: just I, I, I watched watch, watch the I watched the movie it uh, rang some bells with me
0: yeah it's it's just a comedy of errors from start to finish um mm-hmm. I just I remember the the episode when he goes to buy a tractor and it, it's just and he 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 keeps calling the sheep sheep's, yes. and I, I was like, "Why does he call them sheep's?" I, I found that just bizarre. That yeah.
1: is funny. You know, when you when you live in the in, in a small town, far from anywhere, I mean, my wife, as I think I mentioned to you, is Jewish, so yes. she was contacted by some shabbat, and the next thing at the little wimpy in Moy River. There were people blowing the chauffeur for her. <laughs> people in the area. I couldn't believe it. You talk about sheep's and tractors. Everybody was very confused. Anyway, it was an interesting life.
0: Oh yeah, they'll always find you. they will always <laughs> yeah. find you. Absolutely. That
1: lovely, a, that lovely story about the people who crashed in the in the desert and did they, you tell anybody where we are? No, we didn't. I forgot to tell the UIA where they were going. Somewhere they'll find
0: they'll me. find you. Yes absolutely adam kethro it's been an absolute pleasure oh, pleasures of the harbor pleasure having you on people of the book thank you for all the advice thank you for, for chatting about the book and congratulations on the fact that it is doing so brilliantly well so early in its release i mean three weeks out sixth on the bestseller list already and uh Let's just hope it's uh, onwards and upwards from here.
1: Janice, thank you very much for our show. And thank you, all listeners, for listening to me. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. And to you, my listener, as I always say, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Do what you love and read a book. And have an easy fast next week.